Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk on the International Facilities Management Association, better known as IFMA. Our guest tonight, Tony Keene, President and CEO of IFMA, and Michael Feldman, Deputy Executive Director of Los Angeles World Airports, as we continue our 21st anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight focused on IFMA, the International Facilities Management Association. Our first guest is Tony Keene, who is the president and CEO of IFMA. Tony, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you, Art. Tell our audience what IFMA is all about. Well, IFMA is, as you know, is facilities management, and we have uh, over 23,000 members worldwide in 85 different countries. And we have local branches uh, that help service those members and meet those members' needs, and we have 130 of those, as well as 17 specific councils that focus on different industries and dealing with some of the issues that facility management really brings to the table. So you, you're the guys that make the buildings work, and uh, you're invisible in a sense, but uh, when things go wrong, uh, they call you. Yes. Um, as I like to say is that our, our profession of facility management and our industry is that we're masters of the invisible. Because um, <laughs> when things are working well, you never really think about what's going on in terms of facility management. But when you are you know, in a, a store and the escalator doesn't work, then all of a sudden you're saying, well, why doesn't it work? And now I've got to find an elevator or take the stairs. So there's a lot of reasons that facility management is the invisible, but such a critical component of today's society. Well, most people really don't think about it for the reasons you've just indicated. And I know until I got uh, a little more involved in this all, when I heard of FM, I thought of a radio station. <laughs> but this, this is a growing field, and we'll be talking about it more uh, a little later in the show. But uh, uh, give our viewers a sense of, of the dimensions of facilities management. It's not just keeping the lights on and the water running. Now, facility management is really a strategic integrator of business services to really create an experience for the occupant or the worker of any type of facility. And we think of facilities, uh, it's a very generic term and general term. I mean, it can be an office building, it could be a casino, it could be a retail environment, it could be your convention center. I mean, there's everything that we look and interact with on a day-to-day -day basis is a facility of some form or another. And how that facility is taken care of, how it's operated, and how it's integrated into the overall business strategy of that organization is critical to the success and the happiness of the people that are working there. I mean, one of the, uh, the key aspects of facility management is the ability to really impact productivity in an organization, especially in a for-profit or a non-profit environment, where if you bring together the right pieces, you can actually enhance and increase your workplace productivity, which obviously will then drive better uh, either strategic alignment or bottom line profitability. And for most businesses, uh, of course, the biggest single cost is people and personnel, but 
The second biggest cost in most cases is real estate. Right, and see, this is where facility management really can be a, a key strategic component of the organization because it's also, it has the ability to impact those people as well as has the operations responsibility to help manage that cost of the building, whether it be energy or water. And what we find is that facility management in this day and age, in terms of sustainable initiatives, uh, that they really are at the center point to be able to implement those initiatives to really make sure that we're maximizing the utilization of our energy that's out there and our limited resources. Now you have 23,000 uh, members throughout the world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, in, mo in many or most organizations, is the FM person high up uh, in the food chain in the organization or is he or she down below? Can, can you get the organization to adapt some of these enlightened policies? Well, what we find is our membership, it really is all broad across the spectrum. I mean, we have members that are very, very high levels in their organization, as well as members that are, are you know, basically middle management or below in terms of uh, what they do in terms of facility management. Uh, there's very, very, it's a broad profession and a broad industry in terms of the types of services that it requires and the skill sets that it requires. So we like to say that we have a profession that really is for everybody, no matter what your education level or what your skill level is, there's a piece of facility management for you. Now I understand that many of the people now in place who are acting as facilities managers came from some other field and kind of drifted into it or got into it. They weren't trained and educated as facilities managers. And I think your organization is trying to, to professionalize this field. Absolutely. I mean, one of our, you know, we're a nonprofit organization, so one of our purposes in life is to really increase the awareness of facility management and raise that level of the profession overall. And we were able to do that through offering certified facility management certifications, as well as what we call a facility management professional designation and also a sustainable facility professional designation. When these are all educational related courses, to try and make sure that our facility across the world are really being operated at a high level. In addition, what IFMA does is we put out conferences and networking opportunities, whether it be on the local level or global level, uh, to allow our FM professionals to be able to interact, to solve problems, share best practices, so then that way that we can share and, and actually all benefit from the knowledge that comes out of IFMA. So even if the facilities manager wasn't trained in that field through his or her education, they can get on the job training and of course get certification Absolutely. through your organization. And, and you know, what we're looking for are passionate people that um, you know, really desire being busy constantly and doing multiple things. I mean we have some of our members are going from uh, you know, figuring out how to buy a corporate jet to uh, you know, fixing the flood that just happened in the building in the manufacturing plant. So it's a, it's a variety of tasks and it has to be somebody who likes to do that and juggle a lot of balls in the air. But the reality is it's a growing profession and that it's an area that if somebody's out there looking for a career, it, this is a great career to have and there's you know, almost guaranteed jobs. There's a tremendous demand for trained facilities managers today, right? Absolutely. And you know, what we look at is that you know, in the area of facility management, every industry has its kind of unique uh, aspects to it. So we offer a lot of different opportunities and different skill levels. I mean, you can come in it from a, an architectural design or construction background. You can come into a facility manager from an engineering background or even a business background. Um, and you, it's not, college degree is not always required for all types of jobs inside of facility management. And yet these are good paying jobs Absolutely. for which there is a huge demand. So take note if you know someone who is uh, a young man or woman who's thinking of a career or even someone in mid-career that may want to 
make a choice or change. In the next segment, we'll be joined by Michael Feldman. And you probably never thought of an airport as having a facilities manager, but uh, LAX and others sure do. Stay with us. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation, part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life, powered by Edison. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Hello, I'm Jessica Hardy, a proud Long Beach native and a member of the USA Swimming national team. Having spent much of my life in water, I've developed a deep appreciation for the valuable role that this precious resource plays in our lives. In recent years, California's water supply has become unreliable. To address this reality, Long Beach residents have dramatically reduced their water use through permanent lifestyle changes. In doing so, Long Beach has made itself a leader in water conservation. As I work hard to achieve my personal goal of qualifying for the 2012 Summer Olympics, I encourage you to continue your tremendous efforts to use water in smart and responsible ways. So join me and your fellow Long Beach residents in strengthening the water conservation movement. By making small but significant changes in our water use habits, together we can ensure that we have a reliable water supply for many generations to come. We're back, joined now by Michael Feldman, who's the exec Deputy Executive Director of Los Angeles World Airports. Michael, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Art. Good to be here. I noticed airports, plural, and I found out that uh, Michael is responsible not only for LAX, but also for Van Nuys and Ontario. So you have three airports under your ballywick. That's correct. And as one of the number two people, tell us uh, some of the challenges in running an airport. Well, first of all, I really wanted to acknowledge uh, IFMA uh, for what it has done to help me actually prepare LA World Airports to really step into the future. Uh, we are in the process of transforming LAX, both in terms of what we're building, as well as how we're updating and changing our business model and really preparing to ramp up the type of experience we offer people who use the facilities. So we have a multifaceted uh, effort underway right now that is really going to change the way people use and experience LAX in just a couple and of years. And IFMA has helped you in that transition. IFMA, well, IFMA helped me personally earlier in my career. Uh, about 15 years ago, I had a very challenging uh, situation up at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport where I, where I was working at the time. And some of the key principles that IFMA uses as part of facility management, what facility management is uh, you know, essentially about, were critical in helping me get through that challenge. And it really, gave you ammunition to get the resources that you needed to do your job. Absolutely. Yeah. And it allowed, it allowed um, 
you know, it allowed me to uh, now give back to this association, which is one of the things, one of the reasons I'm sitting here today. That's great. Uh, and you gave me this quote, if you're going to maintain it, if you're not going to maintain it, don't build it. Talk about the relationship. Well, I think very often a lot of people who are excited about building and investing in new facilities do not think about the ongoing care and attention that those facilities are going to need over time. And sometimes they don't understand what that ongoing cost is going to be. The only place to control that ongoing cost is at, in your planning and design of that facility. Once it's in front of you, you either have to pay what it's going to cost to protect the investment you've made, or you're going to see less and less value of, of your investment. Now, you have a beautiful new International Arrivals building, the Bradley building, a lot of glass there. Tell us about that one. Well, the new, the new uh, Tom Bradley, or what we call our Bradley West project, which is a western extension of the Bradley West terminal that will really allow us to accommodate the largest aircraft flying, the A380 airplane, which is the double-deck double aircraft. Uh, we will have nine gates capable of loading and unloading that facility. So we're right now building about a million and a half square foot addition to the existing uh, Bradley building, and that will be put into service actually very soon, just uh, the middle of September. Tony, it must be satisfying to have uh, an entity as huge as uh, LA World Airports uh, uh, feel as they do about your organization. Yeah, well, you know, people like Mike have been very, very blessed with uh, uh, some really rich, kind of knowledgeable members that we actually get and are able to attract to our board of directors. And uh, we really appreciate what Mike can bring to the table. He's on our executive committee and will be with us uh, helping lead and guide IFMA in terms of the future of facility management for some years to come. So we really appreciate that. You, in fact, will be chair of IFMA in a couple of years. You're currently second. Well, I don't want to jinx anything, but yeah, I yeah. certainly <laughs> hope so. Um, if, if past is precedent, Correct. you're on the chain. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you feel a, a, a passion about it and a desire to give back to this organization that's well, helped you so much. Absolutely. And to uh, take full advantage of the products and services that IFMA makes available uh, to interested facility managers and uh, the, all of the members and the educational uh, credentials were mentioned. Uh, LA World Airports has gone from having zero facility management professionals um, about two and a half years ago. We now have 80. And, that, wow. and they are strategically placed throughout my organization to really help embed the best practices of a facility manager. And you yourself are deputy executive director. You're one of the number two people at the airport and you are imbued with FM. So at least in your organization, FM is right up there near the top. Well, and that's one of the things that attracted me to the position was the uh, opportunity to come down and start an owner organization for the, uh, for the department. The executive director had a vision that she really needed an uh, organization that was going to come in and take care of the massive new investments that are being made. And uh, the job was written, uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, stepping stone than this position. Let's give a simple example to our audience of, of facilities management challenges. You mentioned before we went on air that if a, if a building, or in your case an airport, has a lot of different vendors supplying escalators or this or that, that creates additional challenges for FM. Well, 
that's all part of the ongoing cost. How, how you equip a building, how you design it, uh, the amount of glass it's going to have in it, the number of escalators, elevators. We have large baggage systems uh, that people only get to see the very front of. There's miles and miles of conveyor belts in all of those buildings, moving bags around, for example. That all has to be, and if it you all has to run. If you have 20 different vendors supplying anything, that makes it more complicated for you. That's right. Being in a low bid environment and certainly a competitive bidding environment, we sometimes end up with multiple types of the same device. So we really try to have standards to minimize the number of, let's say, elevator types or escalator types because that impacts the amount of spare parts we have to have, the amount of training our people have to have, et cetera. Well, we all fly through LAX from time to time, or most of us do, so the next time you're there, instead of just racing to your counter or whatever, take a look around and, and think about uh, the challenges of keeping that whole thing going. I mean, that, that, that really is an ongoing challenge. All day, 24 hours a day, 365 <laughs> days a year. It never <laughs> stops. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be here, thank you. And we'll be back with more of Straight Talk after these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. Charter, TV will never be the same. Now you can make a date with your favorite movies and shows anywhere and anytime with on-the-go content from Charter. We're back, continuing conversation with Tony Keene, president and CEO of IFMA. Uh, Tony, uh, in, your organization is based in Houston, uh, your service center of excellence, but that doesn't mean that all the employees are in Houston. That's correct, Art. Um, what we have been doing is, as uh, IFMA as an organization, is we've been trying to kind of walk what we preach and uh, walk the walk and walk the talk. And 
We have implemented a, a whole new scale of work workplace in uh, Houston and we call it our service center of excellence. It is uh, all in a science space. We also have adopted a, a mobile work environment where that allows us to hire staff and employees where the talent's at, not necessarily restricting that to Houston or go through the expenses of relocating somebody to Houston. So yeah, we have staff uh, from coast to coast in the, uh, in the U.S. that help support our members as well as in other countries as well. We actually have some contract staff in India now as well, which is a whole new venture for us. But you know, our members are spread out over 85 different countries, so we have to be able to uh, support them the best way possible. And our service center of excellence strategy is to, uh, to locate service centers where our members are so we can provide them the best service possible. And some of those employees work at home, I guess, in these different right. locations, which is an added advantage from the standpoint of some employees who don't mm -hmm. have to commute, and it adds a couple of hours perhaps to the workday because, uh, at least in L.A., you got an hour each way almost anywhere. Absolutely, and Houston's similar to LA in terms of being very spread out and a lot of, uh, you know, everybody likes to use their cars. So what we are, you know, from our perspective, what we wanted to do was to make sure that we were uh, acting in a sustainable manner and being responsible with our environment, as well as uh, creating an opportunity to increase employee satisfaction and employee productivity. So instead of a staff person waiting you know, in traffic for an hour, they can be sitting at home working and through the advancement and implementation of technology, we allow them to do that and then come in either later or, or work completely from home. And also when you think about it, it increases the pool of potential employees that you can draw upon Absolutely. because instead of just being able to employ people who, work, who live in the greater Houston area or who are willing to relocate, that's right. You can draw upon people anywhere. Right, and, and, and this is obviously not for everybody. I mean, you have to have a certain type of self-discipline when you're working from a home environment. And it re also requires uh, your management team to go through different types of uh, management styles and perspective in terms of making sure that you're still getting the performance out of your staff. However, when it works well, it really does, and it allows just a wonderful improvement uh, for both work life. And you know, today it used to be called work-life balance. Now we call it work-life integration because we can't get away from our cell phones at our email. <laughs> now you're the president and CEO of the, you're the top guy in this organization and yet you gave up your big office in this new center of excellence. Uh, I did. I, you know, obviously I have a place I, I sit when I'm in the office, but you know, I travel a lot. See, so when I'm out of the office, my office uh, or my workspace area is a conference room and uh, anybody's free to use that. So it's, uh, it's not the CEO's office. And real estate is a major mm -hmm. expense to corporations, uh, second only to the personnel cost. Right. So if you can reduce the square footage Absolutely. that you need, it's a real cost saving. It is a cost savings as well as a, um, making the office a tool, not just necessarily your cube. And so we, we were able to save over 40, we reduced our footprint by about 45%. Wow. Which is huge and it makes a huge difference in terms of our rent costs over the next 10 years. Absolutely. And now, you know, when people and our staff are looking at the office, as they look at it as a resource in terms of all the different aspects of the office based upon what they need to do that day. They don't look at it in terms of saying, okay, how do I set up my little tiny workstation and how does that work for me? And then such and such buddy down the road or down the aisle has a bigger office. And that probably helps with the silo effect where departments are, are departmentalized right. 
and a lack of integration within the organization. Yeah, we've already seen where uh, it really has helped understand um, uh, staff from different departments, understand what other departments are doing, because they're sitting right next to each other during the day. And we like to have the staff rotate around to make sure that that happens. But you know, this really goes talks about how facility management and how what the impact it can have on the workplace and how it can really drive productivity and innovation. And that's where we see the future of FM, is that the, uh, getting the organizations, whether it's in the private sector or the public sector, truly understand the value that facility management can bring to the table wow. because they can make a huge difference to the organization and the outcomes. Talk a little bit about the green environment and how what you do impacts uh, uh, energy savings in other green areas. Sure. You know, worldwide, we see countries passing targets uh, to reduce energy, to reduce water consumption, and depending upon where the area is, I mean, you know, here in Southern California, you've got uh, huge water restrictions, and water is a very, very precious resource. Some people actually say, you know, water is the new gold of tomorrow. Um, passing restrictions and saying, okay, these are your new targets, that's great. However, how are you going to achieve them? What are you going to put into place to achieve them? You can say, okay, let's put some technology in place. Well, that's great. Now then, who's going to monitor that technology? Who's going to actually implement the processes and the procedures to actually achieve the results that everybody's driving for? Facility management. And that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of being able to achieve the energy reduction targets and the water reduction usage targets. And as FM rises in the corporate food chain, these uh, changes will become more pronounced. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it just goes back down to is, is, is looking at how facility management can actually integrate multiple different disciplines and leverage those to bring out the strengths so then they can be aligned with the strategic direction that the organization wants to go. That is crucial to how organizational success in the future. And FM can play a really nice role in that aspect of things. Great. We'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. It's a great way to get involved and contribute in the ways that you can to making this a better world. I believe in the IFMA Foundation because I believe that an investment in the foundation is an investment in the future of that family. And I'd like for every member to find a way to believe in the foundation and to find a way to contribute. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. 
You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. Well, facilities management is a fascinating field, and as you heard earlier in the show, there's tremendous demand for people trained in this. So if you have a, a friend or a young man or woman who is thinking of a career, think facilities management. It's an exciting field of the future, and there are many jobs for every graduate who is trained in this field. And uh, thank you so much, Tony, for, for joining us and, and sharing some of this fascinating stuff. We, uh, I know next, next week on the show we'll be focused on the IFMA Foundation. Right. Well, thank you, Art, for having me. This is a great honor and privilege to, uh, to be on your show, and we really enjoy that aspect of it. And, um, you know, next time you're out and about, whether it's in the, the public uh, or the store <clears throat> or your office environment, you know, think about the Masters of the Invisible. If everything's working, <laughs> then that's a great thing. And, uh, but just don't forget that it takes a lot of effort and strategy and implementation to make that all come together. Thank you so much, and thank you at home for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.